1: purpose they stitch people together if all that sounds good to you visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout that's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20 what's
2: going on Big Blue Nation welcome in to another episode of Believe in Kentucky my name is Vinny Hardy appreciate y'all taking time out of y'all morning afternoon evening and night Whenever to listen to this episode, as always, hit it up on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes. Subscribe, give us five stars on iTunes. Wherever you listen, it'll come straight to your device laptop, phone, computer. You'll get it and be able to listen at your convenience. We got a fun episode in store this evening. The suspense is over. If y'all listened to the last episode, let you know that a co host was coming. Gave y'all some clues. I even got a couple prizes I'm going to send out because we had a winner or or winners. I'm just going to quit talking now and introduce you, let you know the suspense is over. The UK legend that's joining me is the MOP of the '96 National Championship, Brownsville, Tennessee's own, I'm talking about UK legend, Tony Depp. TD, (laughs) welcome to Believe in Kentucky, man. What an honor.
3: Vinny, man, it's an honor to be on here and to be a host with you. I know we're going to have many many great weeks, months, and hopefully years to come, you know, with this podcast and make sure that if you're listening, you know, you keep following us and, you know, we're going to keep giving you some great knowledge and have fun on this. And we want our fans to be a part of what we're doing because, you know, without, without our fans and our listeners, you know, it's not, it's not going to be possible, not going to happen, but uh, we have a lot of insight. I think that's the most important thing coming from both of us is, you know, we've lived, we've been out there and I know it's some dark days that have happened to us. But, you know, one of my po- other podcasts is Think Positive and Believe. So I believe what we're doing is going to be influential to a lot of people and especially our young, our young younger generation. I'm so excited about them taking a stance and, you know, being out there um, as like almost first responders. But they are out there being first responders on the front line. And that speaks volume for where we are at a country. And, you know, I hate it because of, you know, we lost George Floyd and all of this, you know, but, you know, it, it became a global protest. And I think, you know, we'll touch on this a little bit more. Uh, because of the pandemic, everyone was at home, you know, and, you know, what we saw was something that no human uh, who has empathy, compassion, and have a heart Ever want to see someone be in that situation like George Floyd was and to see his family, his daughter, his son to go through that? It was, um, it was heartbreaking for me, man. I'm and I'm, I'm still touched, and um, you know, I'm still as I wake up every morning, I'm just happy that I'm blessed to wake up and you know, knowing some situations I've been in in the past, um, you know, they just ended the right way. Um, so I'm blessed,
2: yeah, yeah, it's can't take anything for granted, like you said, and and Things can happen so quick. A situation can be like that so quick. It's up on you before you know it. I mean, just right. everything's normal, and then boom, it's tragic that quick. And that's, yeah. that's something you always got to be on guard about. And you, know, you got kids, got two sons trying to. Uh, I do eleven and seven try to prepare them, and you know you have right. to. Uh, you have to instill that, you know, just like it was instilled in us.
3: And I think with me, just having, um, you know, I have daughters. I have three daughters, uh, 21-year-old Taylor, 16-year-old Bella, and 14-year-old Trinity. And, you know, we we, we haven't talked about it a lot. Um, You know, I just wanted to make sure that my mom was in the right place and I'm I'm able to be a dad and talk to them and and answer their questions um, because this is new for them. You know, uh, I got a chance to witness it back in in high school with Rodney King. And, you know, I I sat there and had – conversation with my parents to kind of figure out like, you know, how could our first responders, the ones supposed to serve and protect. And that was not in the, they were not in a position to, uh, in a position protecting him. You know, i I've said, I felt they were only doing harm to him. And at the end of the day, you know, we are human and, you know, there are a lot of really good police officers out there and not to take away from anything that they've done in the past, but what we're seeing right now. And even as we have protesters is that, there's a certain way to deal with individuals that's respectful. And I would always tell people is, you know, what if that was your son? What if that's your daughter? You know, how would you treat them? How would you want someone to treat them? And I would want someone to treat my daughter the way I love and and care about them. And as a young human being, we all make mistakes. And, but like I said earlier, I, I really am, you know, seeing this, this young generation, man, really stand up. It speaks volumes, volumes for not only where the black culture is that, but, you know, just the other cultures that are out there with them and they're not out there by themselves. I mean, they know, you know, we're at home, but um, you know, I see and I feel their struggle.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely uh, a good way to put, to put it. So i glad you get your thoughts on it as we start uh, doing the podcast together and, and as the events happen, we'll definitely touch on them and uh, bring current events in in addition to sports we'll have it fun we'll have it light we'll bring comedy we'll bring music we'll bring food but definitely let you get your thoughts in on that since so uh, yeah it's time hopping in together um you mentioned like everybody knows most you know everybody knows the 96 team the run you mentioned how you got to have that run yes your thoughts on this current team where they were right when covid hit you know, of course, the Evansville thing hung on the fan base's shoulders. <laughs> you, you've been in it and you know how to be even killed and not to freak out over whatever comes your way. But right. your thoughts on the season starting, you know, beating Michigan State, lose Evansville to how it ended up where they were getting ready to make a tournament run.
3: You know, I, you know, having been on Coach Cal's staff, I mean, I, I really trust and believe in him. and you know, every year right around, you know, as it get close to Mars Madness, SEC tournament, you start seeing his team take a turn in the right direction, you know, and so many times you can get caught up in what happened early in the season. Like I said, it was a bad loss to Evansville, but also, you know, that was my roommate, Walt McCarty. That was my guy and I was at the game. And, you know, if we were going to lose to anyone, you know, Evansville was okay to me. And I am a huge Kentucky fan. I, it's like almost every year I pick Kentucky to win the national championship, and I'm pissed off every year, just like every other Kentucky <laughs> fan is. When, when we don't make it to the Final Four, we don't cut down the nets. But, uh, you know, he, he's done a tremendous job of working with uh, with the young mind, the young talent, and trying to get all that to match by the end of the season. I mean, it's, it's a tough job, man. I have to commend Coach Cal, you know, for all the work that he's done, you know, for our program, bringing it back to prominence, and and and. Uh, you know, getting us where we were, you know, Tubby and maybe Coach Pitino, um, you know, had left off from having some really good recruiting class, but also having good men, you know, although we have some, you know, we've seen a lot of young kids that come in and we want to get those guys for a year, but, you know, we will say those are good guys at the end of the day. And when Cal brings the guys in, he don't really promise them anything. You know, I, I think you – you have to be a young player and see the writing on the wall. And what I mean by the writing on the wall is that, you know, through hard work there will be a reward. You know, not that I'm gonna give you something and then, you know, I'm gonna take it away if you don't you don't execute or you're not successful with it. You know, he tell guys, hey, you know what, man, you have a chance to take care of your family and, and you know, and, and build your family, you know, through basketball. So make the right decisions. And so I, I was I was, you know, I learned so much working on this staff, man, just that you know, he is one that's for the players. He's a a player's first coach. And that's the new generational coaches that these guys have that they should be blessed to have.
2: Absolutely. Now, most everybody knows it's not like when you left UK and retired from the NBA, it's not like you just rode off into the sunset. A lot of big blue nation still knows what you're into and what you're doing, but just let everybody know, all the things you got going on you know you're giving back to Lexington you are in Atlanta doing your thing tell everybody what everything you're involved in and and got going on
3: well the number one thing on my list right now is um, I'm doing a deal with um, KCH Kentucky Children's Hospital and 15 percent of my proceeds of my wine sale is going to go back to the KCH Hospital and uh, all the work that they do for uh, child abuse and all those kids that, you know, are less fortunate. So we wanted to, uh, my girlfriend, and I Nicole Castorino, she really has helped me out, you know, just helping me build my brand. And I thought just, you know, being the situation that I'm in, you know, I wanted to get back to a city and definitely to a state that have done so much for me and helped me with my uh let me grow my ventures so for uh, this month until the end of december uh, we're going to get 50% of my wine sales to kch and you can get that wine at wildsidewinery.com or tealduckenterprises.com and we have a really really good cabernet if you're a cabernet drinker it's aged in bladen bourbon barrels and uh, for one year has a great taste a uh, little bit more alcohol content but you know just came out with the new label that we're going to launch probably next week. And then I have a Riesling and also have, uh, for my, for my, uh, sweet wine drinkers. And, uh, then we have the, uh, the Chardonnay, you know, not crisp, but, uh, not really give you that buttery taste, but it's a nice, nice taste for, for the palate. So anyway, just really trying to promote those and get those out there and really just help my case. um, and, and just get back to, to like I said, city that's done so much for me. And then also I have my uh, TD Basketball Academy down in Atlanta. I have six AAU teams. And uh, we're building slowly a third grade, fifth grade, uh, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, and tenth grade teams. So yeah. I'm busy. As I told thee yeah. earlier, I've spent countless hours in the gym from practicing to to training the kids, teaching them about basketball, but uh, it's it's my life, man. I I've been doing it for so long that for me to spend that many hours in the gym, you know, I came home last night. I went in at like nine in the morning and came back at like nine or ten last night. I still had energy. I was up for another three or four hours doing some more work <laughs> and got up at like five thirty-six this morning. Went back to the gym. Was training some kids. So, um, you know, just really staying around the community. I think uh, the community I'm in is called. Uh, it's Marietta, uh, part of Cobb oh. County. But I'm training out of the Salvation Army. So they've been nice enough to open uh, their gym to me and my kids. And uh, we're just trying to make the most of it.
2: Absolutely, man. That is great. That is great. Um, yeah, that is a full schedule with all, with 16s, man. That's, yeah, you definitely got to. A
3: lot of um, parents to I... dealing with, man. Dealing with, you yeah. know what? It's, it's not so much. So not so much the kids, you know. I think the kids are gonna be kids, man. But it's, it's every parent thinking, you know, their kid is gonna go to the NBA. And I'm like, oh my god, dude, he's nine years old. I mean, wh- wh- where's he? I see, we don't even recruit kids and they, they turn 12 or 13. I'm not looking at no nine year old kid. If I got, if I'm looking at a nine year old kid, that means my job is on the line for real. And I can't, you know, what I have to go to my coach and tell him, like, hey, I got the best third grader out there, man. Give me about five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, nine more years. When he comes out of school, man, we're gonna have him. Yeah, if you if you got to fight for a job like that, man, you might need to go into another profession.
2: Exactly, exactly. Um, mentioned on the last episode that you know I was giving out clues and, and you know kind of building suspense. Uh, the very very first episode, I even mentioned that you know we're gonna have a lot of cool things coming. Gonna have some cool guests. Had one guest already. He's, he was on the Believe in Wizards podcast, Matt Moderno. He hosts that with Larry Hughes. So I was able to have him on. Okay. We talked Wizards. We talked John Wall. uh talked Wes Unsell, who just uh, sadly passed away a couple days ago as well. Right. Also, and some of the cool things come in that also included a co-host. Knew a co-host was in the works. And so you are that right. co-host. I gave a few clues, and we did have a guy... Guess correctly that it was you. Uh, the first one I did, I just said, you know, top player in their state. I didn't even say Mr. Basketball. I just said top player in their state. Right. That way people are thinking football, basketball, UK legend, thinking broad. You know, I'm, I'm going to make them work. Uh, second clue in the UK Athletics Hall of Fame. Uh, third, born in SEC country. So, you okay. know,
3: good so. clues, man
2: fourth one, SEC player of the year. Okay. And then the fifth one, th- this kind of narrowed it down maybe for, uh, for a lot of them. It, it shot 39% from three point land. Mm-hmm. And so that narrowed it down. And the last clue played all 82 games in the 2000, 2001 NBA season. So those were the six clues.
3: Wow. That's tough, man. To be honest with you, because, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't throw the double O in there, um, you know, it's, it, it makes it, makes it harder because we've had so many, you know, SC player of the years, uh, probably high school player of the years. And, you know, I, I, I think it mean, ain't, those are some tough clues to go on, man. You know, that, that would have threw me for a loop. I'd have been like, man, who, who was really talking about? Man, what, what, what UK legend is he talking about, man? I don't, I don't know any, any UK legends like that, but you know, it's, I, I think it reflects on, you know, just the, the love that Big Blue Nation has for, you know, for, for their program. And that's one of the – I think I was like the game changer, man, when I was recruited recruited out of high school and uh, took my visit there. You know, and I just saw how how the fans were so in love with basketball and it kind of made me, you know, study the game a little bit more but also start looking at the history of Kentucky because before I came there, out of Tennessee. I really didn't know anything about the University of Kentucky, no more than, you know, the color, uh, blue and mm-hmm. white. But, you know, my team was blue and white, which was the State Tigers. And, of course, the okay. University of Memphis now. So I kind of grew up being a Keatley fan, fan, uh, Elliot Perry. I yeah. was, you know, when Penny. Remember when Penny went to Memphis State, you know, I, I would call Penny the mayor of Memphis. So Penny and I – you know we started I, I met penny when i was a sophomore in high school and i was playing with his uh his first cousin lamarcus golden and i remember watching penny in high school i was like man i want to be like him like he was the best high school player even to this day i think i've ever seen lace up you know and just how he performed and just how graceful he was on the court i was like man 6 7 jumping out the gym can pass uh you know, see the game at a, at another level, but was just a spectacular talent. Uh, so even th- when I went on the visit with him, you know, I was like I said, I was like, man, I could be, I could be Penny Sidekick here, you know. And I was like, man, you know, I'm not gonna be from home. I I was getting excited about it, but uh, this dude by the name of Bill, like every other Billy, phone call, uh, letter in the mail, all this stuff was taking place, and. and and it was just hard for me to turn down, man. He was like, "Tony, you got to come here, man." And and man. when I tell you, like, like probably one of the most intimate yeah. it was like caffeine. I'm like, "Dude, man, how are you this this hype every day?" But Billy was like that man until he left and went to Marshall. And uh, you know, by the time he left, I was in a good place, you know, playing wise, because I I had a I had a really had, really had a tough freshman season, man. I, I don't think a lot of people know that that, you know, I was getting ready to transfer out of Kentucky, you know, wow. and I just happened to stay there to the end of the year because yeah. I was, you know, so I had some other things, but I'm so glad I did.
2: Yeah, sure. And, and all of us are glad too. Um uh, Being in in Memphis right there in Brownsville growing up and, and look y'all feel free to for tweet in questions for future episodes for for tony I'm gonna have a lot myself uh being in Brownsville would you all just go to Memphis you know, I mean, you know your brother was a big influence in your plan would y'all just pop to Memphis and and hit the playgrounds okay. from time to time is that where you would you do that or would you just stay in Brownsville how did that go when no. you were
3: no, to, to be honest with you, Vinny, I I think, man, I was, um, well, the, the the true story behind this, man, my my mom was, when I tell you, like, it was old school, man, I couldn't go anywhere. It was like, be home before the street light comes on. Uh, you know, you got a curfew. I remember going, I was, I remember being in high school, and uh, she decided to let me go to the football game. I'm like, man, you know, a football game over. I'm about to go hang out at Hardy's, Man, you know, as soon as I left the football game, my brother was pulling up and was like, hey, mama said you got to come home. And when I tell you, like, was embarrassed, man, because everybody else was going to hang out for a couple of hours. I was like, you got to be kidding me. But you know what, man, but, but I had, you know, my parents were married for over 50 years, man. I had some amazing uh, parents, man, that I got a chance to spend so much time with them, quality time, because with them being older, um, you know, they wasn't working. And, uh, you know, dad was retired, mom, after having, you know, uh seven others seven other kids, you know, she was probably tired when I came along. She was like, yeah, whatever. But she made sure I had a curfew. And uh, you know, I think just being from that that small town, you know, I I learned so much. But my brothers were the one that really taught me the game, man. So when I when I got on the circuit, it was my I wanna say after my sophomore season, I had a really good sophomore um AAU season summer. And uh, bounced back and had a really good one the following year. And most people don't even know it. I laugh at these parents, you know, when they got their kids that are seven, eight years old playing, a, you can travel and stay in these different hotels. I'm like, oh, yeah, what first of all, it wasn't in the budget, and cool. second of all, we didn't have a car anyway. So, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like I was gonna be going that many places anyway. So, I really was when I tell people, I was telling this one kid this story about you know, my parents us not having a car and my parents not being able to drive, they was like, what, did they, were they licenses suspended? I was like, so I just fell out laughing. But I, I look back, I was like, man, you can't even imagine, like, you know, even, just think about yourself right now, not having a car and not being able to drive. Like, my parents, it wasn't even not having a car. My parents didn't know how to drive. So either I was on my bike, neighbors, or my brothers who were older, they would come and pick me up. So that's kind of how I got around. So some of these AAU programs, I couldn't have played for anyway cuz we didn't I didn't have transportation to get there.
2: Right. Now that's that is unique. I, I thought it was kind of unique that neither one of my grandmothers on my mom's side or my dad's side drove, but both of my grandfathers <laughs> did. But you got both parents not driving. parents.
3: Okay.
2: yeah. So No. Man, yes. that is That's, that's not, you know what. sure. That is fine.
3: <laughs> You got to think about that. I know you got your two boys, man. I know you probably, you know, the wife probably, you know, are, are, are carpooling and taking them around. But, you know, I, I think what, what happens is, you know, I, I just got used to it. You know, I knew I had to get on my bike or I had to walk, man. And, you know, we had a cab. We had, it's funny, we had like two cabs. So, so when you're in a small town about close to 10,000 people, I think you might've had you might have had three cabs, man. It It was funny thinking back. Those days, if you had to call a cab to come pick you up, take you to the grocery store, the cab to wait for you. I'm like, man, like, I didn't even think about it as a little kid, like, not even about being poor. It was just that we just didn't have a car, you know? And I knew how to get around on my bike, man. If my mom needed something, she would send me some rhyme with a bag of groceries on my bike, man. <laughs> I made it happen, man. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. Most people understand. They they look at the life that I have now, I'm like, no, dude. Hey, it, it wasn't. I'm not saying I was in the projects, or you know, but I mean, I had it. It, it wasn't tough. I'm not. Gonna even, I'm not gonna even say it was tough, man. I, I had a great upbringing, a great childhood that I'm uh, proud of, and I and I'm like I said, man. I'm, I'm just so happy that I had parents that were both in the household, and they taught me a lot about life.
2: For sure, yeah, you definitely soak all that up, and then we try to transfer it. To ours, yours, you got some one daughter grown and the other two are mm-hmm. getting close to grown. But they kind of do something. Well, tell,
3: tell, tell, tell me this about you, man. Are you Uh, what sport do you have your boys playing? And are you coaching your boys?
2: No, uh, my oldest kind of likes everything, uh, likes basketball and football. Uh they watching with me and, and doing stats and rankings and all that. My youngest one, he he kind of checks it out. He's seven. He checks it out just because you know, we do. But as far as him, man, he's still kind of, you know, you know, is it Ferdinand? Does he march to his own little drum somewhat. He likes music. He he loves to get on the keyboard and loves to, right. to do that. So uh, I'm not sure if he's gonna like sports as much as his brother. Uh, he'll kind of say he likes, you know, Miami Hurricanes with their own. He likes whoever's winning. He kind of like that. You right. Know, he, go, he goes with the flow. Uh, mm-hmm. With my oldest, you know, he likes basketball and football, uh probably basketball first, and he's of course a Kentucky fan. Uh, growing up I live outside of Knoxville now. I live in Morristown, Tennessee, so the other okay. side of, of the state. I don't know if you're familiar with that growing up in Brownsville.
3: No, no, no. I'm not not too familiar with that. It's
2: uh it's in between Knoxville and, and Kingsport and Bristol. It's over here in East well, Tennessee.
3: I've definitely heard of heard of that area. Uh I, I didn't frequent up there that much, so yeah. <laughs> I, I stayed in the West Tennessee and, and that was about it, man. Like I said, you know, I really didn't get a chance to go to um, up in East Tennessee. Maybe I had – I think I had one – we had one state tournament that was in Knoxville. And, oh, okay. Uh, so that was like the only time I kind of played up in East Tennessee.
2: So they they all like Kentucky. And, of course, you everybody trying to get them to be Tennessee fans living here and nah, everything. Nah. But they – you know, it was – they both just big blue right off the jump. My wife right. is from Tennessee. You know, she was kind of a Vol fan growing up. She converted on over. You know, my Okay. My late father-in-law was a, a big Tennessee fan, so we always had some fun, trash talk back and forth. But, you know, she, <laughs> the wife is big blue now, and and uh we all cheering for the cats. But yeah, my, well,
3: well the thing is, too. Let me tell you, like, like I really I'm gonna tell you, uh uh on the show we're gonna do on Monday night, you know, and we'll We'll we we'll, we'll have to get some special guests on, but Shamika uh, Shemika Holeslaw is coming on and oh, man. I really grew up being a big Shamika Holeslaw fan. I, I, I like um I like the women's basketball team and I like the football team. But some of the guys that I played high school ball with one of my really good friends and my team and Tyrone Hines, uh he he signed with the University of Tennessee uh the same year I did in nineteen ninety two. So I became a balls football fan and a women's basketball fan. So <laughs> those were the only two sports I would say I've always supported, you know, throughout my, my years of, um, you know, being a, being an athlete. And, um, you know, of course, you know, nothing to me is bigger than Ken- Kentucky basketball. Like nothing's going to change that. Uh, but those are two sports that I've followed in the state uh, of Tennessee. And I always want to, you know, see do well. And, and I also was a Memphis fan. I'm not going to say, you um, you know, other than Kentucky basketball, Memphis basketball, because there was it was it was a, a team my dad liked. My dad loved oh. Memphis. So oh, I huh. had to be a fan of a Memphis and, and he was a baseball fan. So he made me an Atlanta Braves fan. Hey, and, hey, we go. And,
0: yes. and you
3: know and you know how boring baseball is. So <laughs> I was like, man, my dad my dad would sit there, man, and watch baseball games. And I'm like, man, this I'm like, life gotta be boring. I'm like, I hope I ever when I get that old I'm like I, I hope I'm not watching anything remote as slow as baseball.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I I do keep up with the Braves. And, and I don't watch every pitch of every inning. But if in the summertime when the NBA is over, you know, I flip them on and they're kind of on. And I I walk through and see what's happening. Uh, but I'm like you. I've been a Braves fan, you know, going back to Dale Murphy and, and TBS and uh, all those days for sure. But uh, real quick, too. uh I got announced winner, the, the, the winner, the guest man. that you were the host. His name is Jeff Powell. I put it on Twitter. Y'all can follow me at Vinny Hardy, Vinny with a Y, Hardy with a Y. I put it on Facebook as well. And I just simply said the, the first person to answer correctly in either of the comments will win a prize. And Jeff, Jeff kind of got in where he fit in. I didn't say nothing against it. I'm going to see what you think. Jeff hit me on Twitter. With the TL Delp Double Zero, Jeff also hit me on Facebook. So does that mean Jeff should win both of the prizes? I kind of think he he does. I don't, you know, because he he kind of took advantage of that. Man,
3: Jeff is entitled. Hey, Jeff is entitled to both prizes, man. Jeff Jeff, Jeff did his homework, man. A hey, reward the guy. he did his homework. <laughs> Jeff Powell, man, congratulations, man. We appreciate your your love, and you have to get some more followers, you know, to. To hop on board, man, and support what we're doing, it's going to be great. Like like I said, Benny and I, we're going to keep promoting this, and we're going to find a solid date and a time to make this work and uh, make it a weekly thing.
2: And you will like the prizes. This is what I thought of. I said, like, this is what I'll do. I'll give out these clues and, and uh, let people guess. And I got a lot of guesses. I got Dan Insull, got Kenny Walker, got Freddie Maggard, you know, football, basketball, across the board, people guessing. And what I was going to do was is reach out to Jeff on Facebook and message him and see I was going to buy a bottle of wine from T.L. Delk Enterprises or I was going to buy the book Shooter. If he's a reader, I'm going to buy the book and give him the book. Right. If he's right. a wine drinker, I'm going to buy him a bottle of wine. If he wants one of each, I'm going to buy one of each and send them to him. He might want two bottles of wine. He might want two books. Whatever he wants, I'm going ah. to go to tl Delk enterprises and that's that's the prize i was going to give since you were going to be the co-host whoever guessed you were coming as the co-host i was going to give him a prize from either your wine line or your book line so i I think jeff will like that when he listens to this
3: cool cool that's what's up man like i said the the wine i like because you know we're doing something for a great cause So i'm a i'm excited to be working with with kch uh and all the work that they do uh, at the university, but you know, just with the families that come in, and you know, they feel at home. That's the one thing. My connection to uh, hospital is I have two daughters that have sickle cell disease, so I'm part of the uh, Children's Scottish Right Hospital here in Atlanta for the last uh, 16 years. Because uh, Taylor is he, she's been came here when she was five, and of course, she is an adult right now, and still. In comfort of her parents, you know, we love her dearly. Uh, but and then Trinity, uh, the, uh, my youngest daughter who has sickle cell disease. So I, I've been dealing with um, and spending a lot of time, have spent a lot of time in the children's hospital. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think just to give back to them and let them know how, how important they are to our families and, you know, their devotion, their dedication to, you know, um, connecting us, connecting good people together, you know. And, and you want to... You want to do something for a worthy cause where, you know, these kids are in the position not because they want to be in there because, you know, of their parents. And, you know, my daughter never complains about any of her aches and pains. You know, we spent 10 to 14 days in the hospital at a time. And, you know, just seeing how resilient she is and uh, how strong she is, I mean, a, a strong woman, a great role model. So just as we were having conversation today, I mean, I was just listening as a, you know, as, as, as a dad that admire you know, what your kid's don't have to say and just the knowledge that they have it's like watching your son that you've been training all these years and just seeing how good he is You be like man you know hey i kind of know a little something you know what i'm saying you're gonna feel real <laughs> good about yourself you're gonna look back and be like man you, you and your wife and be like yeah we did a great job here you know what well, i'm saying so well, yeah. that's how i felt me when i we were just having a conversation i'm like man this little this young lady knows what she's talking about she got a head on straight she's responsible she's mature mm. and uh she has a bright future ahead of her.
2: That's all you can ask for, man. That's, that's you check off all the boxes. That's that's what you I, I hope for. And, I and you can't. Do you no got more, it. Man.
3: I'm like, hey, I you know, we we we've done our part now, you know, it's on you. You know, and and, and eventually <laughs> I know she'd be out of my pockets, but right now she's still still deep in my pocket with both hands, man. I gotta get them out <laughs> at some point in time. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: it. That's it. Well, um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna help because I'm, I'm gonna buy some wine for myself in addition to whatever Jeff decides. I should have done it yeah. before now, but I'm definitely gonna, you know. I got the sweet tooth, the one with the with the hey, bourbon age. The That's
3: reason, yeah, yeah. yeah. Re- re- reason like uh, for for our culture, man, it's like Kool Aid and sweet tea. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's all I need to hear right there. See, you already know, Tom.
3: <laughs> you already know, man. <laughs> oh man. <laughs>
2: Uh, hey, one last thing, too. Well, first of all, I got a little, I got a teeny tiny bone to pick with you. It ain't even nothing major, but you know, uh, you got a, the other podcast you're on. I'm also on uh, another show I do on Block Talk Radio, Cat's Talk Wednesday, hosted every Wednesday with Terry Brown. He's from Louisville. Okay. And we've had a lot of guests on. We've, you know, we've had, uh, had DA on, had Anthony Epps, uh, Karen Mills been on, Kenny Walker's been on, and. I I sent some, some DMs to Tony Delk's Twitter two or three times over the past year and a half and I I, I never got nothing back, man. I never never even got right. never even got a no. I was like, I'm sorry. Oh.
3: Hey, hey, for all my listeners, and Mattel you, Vinny, keep this on the TV. It might not be on the low anymore. I don't even run my account, man. <laughs> oh <laughs> Okay. So hey. You know, I will go check it every once in a while, but for the most part, man, I do not. Run, I have I haven't ran my account in probably about three years. Put it like this is mine. My, my lady has taken over, man. So she's Uh-oh. on my Twitter, Instagram, and it's funny because some people have have tweeted me in the past or have sent me something on Instagram, and you know they thought I was ignoring them. I'm like, no, I said I don't. I don't run my account. So if you, if you, if it's, and here's the thing that's, that's funny too, cause there've been some friends like back in the past and they were like, Hey, I tw- I tweeted you in and on Instagram. I was like, uh, yeah, you, you probably got blocked. <laughs> I
2: was, I was and see that was in the process of uh, when they said you might be a co-host. I was, I kept my mind open. I was like, man, yeah
3: man uh, no, I, I don't run that, man. I, I hate, like, for those people who are listening, but she does a really great great job. Like, she'll, she'll run a few things by me uh, mm-hmm. before she actually tweet out some things. And even with this wine that we just talked about, it, and we really want to be a um, just a team on this, man. I, I think it's it's something that, I, like I told KCH, you know, I really want to work with them. And just knowing all the great work they do, you know, they need a reward too. You know, I think we need to, um, you know, definitely – Talk more about you know the first responders and and the job they're doing in this this in this pandemic you know because with that when it happened I I don't I think a lot of us were you know we didn't know what was next and it was like you can't go here you can't do this you can't breathe you can't talk and I'm like man you know what's you know it's a world coming to an end but you know they hop right on it man you know they put their their lives on the line to you know to to definitely you know educate us more, but also, you know, to, to take care help us take care of our families and, and really just to give us some, some people to talk to, someone to, to know that, okay, hey, you know what? We can have your back here. So you know, yes. don't have to worry about everything that's going to happen. We'll do our part. Sure, sure. Oh,
2: let's see. I was, my computer was acting up. My screen was trying to, to black, black out a little bit, and I couldn't see you for a minute, but uh, that's all right. We'll push right through that and keep on rolling. Um yeah definitely so um so yeah i was picking and but this that explains it now it wasn't like you was ignoring people or you know you don't even run it so i was um just have to reach out a different way but i was just i, said, I gotta mess with him no, i was no, like no, here I'm, I'm
3: i'm not ignoring
2: people i'm getting the co-host you the show with personal, him, man. Like, yeah man you
3: you're not reaching man that's why i tell people you know how to reach me if, if you really got my number like you know and i'm the only time I really get on, like I've been on quite a bit, you know, cause I've been kind of looking at the different timelines and uh, seeing what's trending. And, yeah. uh, you know, so I've been kind of following a little bit more here the last week more than I have been and reading a lot more and just seeing, you know, what, lo- what a lot of people have to say, you know, I think right now during this time, um, you know, as I said early in the show, we just really got to come together, man. It's not about, you know, I, I think, you know, the stronger our, our cultures are, you know, and especially with the white culture helping us out of this, you know, I, I think as a as a black culture, we've always been in, you know, we just needed some help in this, you know, we couldn't do it by ourselves, uh, especially with our, you know, population only only being thirteen percent of this country, mm-hmm. and but we need some help from the other side, and it seems like the other side is really stepping up and and walking with us. Um, you know, when we go back to the 60s that I tell people, you know, because my parents, you know, my dad was born in 1918, man. So my dad saw a lot. And when I tell you, you can imagine being a, a black man in the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, man. My dad had seen and, and witnessed a lot. Um, but, you know. He really just taught us, all my siblings, man, just to be respectful and just to be good people, man. So Mm -hmm. there never was any ounce of racism that took place in my house. And, uh, you know, and and, and like I tell people, I say, children aren't born racist. So that means it has to come from somewhere. So Mm -hmm. as parents, grandparents, they have to do their job, you know, and and educate them. And I educate them on what's happening now. I mean... There, there's a a bigger a broader education that needs to be taught to our kids instead of us just looking at what's happening in 2020. You know, you have to take it back many many years to really cover all of the uh, all of what's happening to to the what, what happened in the Black history. You know, and even myself, you know, it started making me go back and start read a few things and talk to a few other people, and I started really educating myself even more before I started getting on and kind of talking about, hey, this is what happened then. And when you, when you have uh, siblings, you know, cause my siblings are 20 years older than I am, you know, they've gone through a lot, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a different, different generation, but we all still have something in common, you know, and it's the color of our skin. That's right. That's
2: right. Uh, one last thing too, I'll ask you. And like I said, I'll ask all my questions on different shows and
3: yeah. know,
2: spread them all out. But with the, the NBA being set, to return you've got the training camp everybody's playing a handful of regular season games that way the the non-seed has a chance to to pass the eight seed if that's possible everybody's in Orlando at the Disney complex you're a 12 year NBA vet let's break your career into quarters you know first three years second three third three last three how would you approach this resuming of the season if you were you know younger first three years coming up second three years third three fourth three would you have the same mindset in each phase of your career or would you view it differently depending on where you were at in your career
3: i I think you would break it down i think the first the let's say the first quarter you know i'm i would be ready to play you know i'm excited i'm like you know ready to get this thing back going again and it's basketball, you know, and we're playing pickup basketball. So although, you know, we've been shut down for a couple of months, you know, you get back to go out there and work on your craft and, uh, you know, and perform, you know, trying to still work on your game and trying to be the best player you can be. I think the second quarter is, you know, you're really filling out what team's going to be like, you know, uh, how the scouting report's going to be, you know, the health of the players. Um, And when I look at the third quarter, you know, that would be the guys that are right still in their prime, like, like, you know, in their prime, approaching the end of their prime. Those guys are thinking about championships. You know, they're thinking about, man, you know, we got to make this, you know, 50 game run or not even 50 game run. You know, we got to make this playoff run and, you know, we got to try to stay healthy. So you want everybody to come back, and now we have a, a game plan. You know, you take a team like Milwaukee, who's really good and probably about 10 players deep. A team like that is a team that that could could pose a lot of threat because I don't think the East is that strong. So with them having depth, they get out the East, which should be easier than trying to come out the West. Now they got to just make sure that, you know, they have the right rotation down because, you know, you're going to make adjustments in the playoff. But I, but I think it's important, you know, just as I would look at the third quarter as the most important quarter, um, you know, because you're trying to win a championship. When you're in that fourth quarter, you're more, like, at the end of your career. You know, you're sitting back and saying, man, listen, I hope – hopefully – hoping that I get another year on my contract. I want to finish this. I want to collect as much money as I, as I can. I want to teach the younger guys. they probably what to take in this game. So you become – you look at that fourth quarter is now you're teaching – the younger generation, what it takes to sustain something through a playing career. So now you're more of a teacher at the end.
2: That makes sense just to have, and I, I was, that's why I wanted to ask just your perspective on, on the outlook, like you said, raring to go, uh, at the beginning. And then, you know, like you said, just the end is totally different, how your perspective changes after you've been in the league 10 or 12 years. And, uh, trying to be healthy, get your money right. If you hadn't done right. so already. Yeah. So that, that makes a lot of sense. That's why I was like, man, let me ask Tony if you, and it's, it's hypothetical, but I still know you would have had an approach if you were playing now with the way things are. And it's cool that that's how you would have approached things. Yeah.
1: Of course. Depending on
2: your age. Yeah. Let's see. Well, I, man, this has been awesome. I'm sorry. My computer blacked out a little bit. I'm on get it to where i can hit the stop recording button in just a second so that's why you see me looking crazy and
3: <laughs> trying to <laughs> figure it out man me. hey 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 this, this is our first one man so you know we're gonna have we're gonna have many more and uh man it's, it's gonna be like clockwork you're gonna be like put, and you can go right to it it's gonna be like hey you gonna give a, a outro and we're gonna be like out of here man it's gonna be nice and smooth
2: I uh, might do it, probably do it on my other laptop next time, so I know this one going to do this. Uh, we definitely won't have to worry about this next time. Let me get where I can get us in position to do the outro. One last thing, I'll ask you why I do that. I was going to save it for the next one, but, look, growing up in Southeastern Kentucky, uh, I'm right where Kentucky, Tennessee, and Virginia all meet. We were watching all the games, grew up listening to Kwood Letford on the radio. He's from Harlan County like I am. He was a legend in the eight, state. Also Whenever you first came to Kentucky, of course, watching you find out you're from Brownsville, Tennessee. Uh, the commentators always talk about, you know, you score 70 points in a game. That was your career high. But they always, always seem to mention, you know, 6-1. But then the next thing would come up was your wingspan, the length of your arms. You've talked about it before. Did that get talked about before you, or did that kind of start in your era? I don't, did that, was guys talking about length that much in the 70s and 80s? Because we hear about it now, you know, Anthony Davis, length. You know, all these guys are long, these guys are athletic. You're the first guy I heard that attributed to length, long arms, length did that happen before you as much when people were evaluating players and all that or did it kind of start in the nah. 90s and continue on
3: not really i i think it, it was something it was an assessment done as you know you went and tried out after going like we to a pre like i said it measures your your vertical your length your height um your agility speed so it started being more prevalent probably like mid nineties, you know, all, okay. although we I went through it, I really wasn't concerned about it. And I had, you know, I, I just thought I just, you know, I, I had great instinct. They was like, No, dude, you got some long ass arms. I'm like, man, my arm just like everybody else. I'm like, uh-huh. you know, I'm blessed, but you know, when they measure me, I measured like a six, six one with like a six ten wingspan. I was like, hmm, I guess that that does make a difference, you know? And most people it's funny, like like I've been in Kentucky and people wanna stand Shoulder to shoulder, back to back, was like, man, let's. I want to see how long your arms are, man. And I just started laughing because I never even think about it. But you know, when when you when players get drafted now, that length does mean a lot. Like that mm-hmm. that length could, could, could mean you going from maybe a let's say 15, sixteen pick to a seven, eight, eighth or ninth pick. You know, because they're looking at man, how you can be able to finish at the basket, how you can play defense. So. It does matter now. Like if you think about uh, the NFL, they look at your hand size, you know, and it's funny, he's like, Oh, he got small hands. I'm like, but dude, if them (laughs) hands are small and that accurate, I'll take them hands anytime, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't care about the size of your hand. As long as you can, you can be accurate in your throwing and you're, you know what you're doing back there and you are a leader. I mean, come on, man. At the end of the day, you can have the biggest hand in the world and you can't throw a lick and you can't find nobody and you have no instinct. So sometimes, you know, I was telling young kids today, this game, if you get really, really good at it, it's about mental, the mental aspect of the game. And once you understand that we all have a, have a gift and you have to utilize your gift the right way.
2: That makes a ton of sense. Uh, everything you said made a ton of sense. Looking forward to doing this for many more episodes. I've had a blast, Tony. Uh, and can't wait till everybody can start checking you out here on the Believe in Kentucky podcast. Man,
3: let's make it believe in Kentucky. Let's do it,
2: absolutely. from my man TD, this is Vinny Hardy. Join us again for another episode of Believe in Kentucky on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Catch us again because we'll be here. We ain't going nowhere. Take care, VBN. I think I got it. There we go. Man.